Hello and welcome to another edition of Detroiters Think Big, a podcast by the Detroit Regional Chamber. I am your host, Devin O'Reilly. With me today is Aaron Hall, the owner of Motor City GSD. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So let's start by learning a little bit more about Motor City GSD. And the name doesn't indicate to me what what, what you're doing yet. So I want to so want to talk about because it's a really cool concept. So why don't you tell us about Motor City GSD? The name Motor City GSD stands for Motor City German Shepherd Dog, but we're not limited to just German Shepherds. Uh, we're billed as Michigan's one-stop shop for all things canine. Whether the individual or client is looking to purchase a new dog or get training or grooming with an existing dog, uh, our team of experts makes it simple. We'll send it, uh, the trainer, directly to your house, that service provider, to provide any and everything you need for your pet. All you're left to do is pet your dog and say good boy or good girl. Wow, so full full service, uh, but it is still GSD. So German Shepherd, obviously, that breed holds a special place for you. Yes, it certainly does. German Shepherds have a near and dear place in my heart. My first dog was a German Shepherd. His name was Sasha. And from him, I learned so much, whether it be training, the breed. I fell in love with it so much so that I named my company after it. And if you see my logo, it's a German Shepherd. It's actually my first dog, Sasha, in the picture. Very, very cool. So, uh, so you, you'll work with any, any types of dogs, any, uh, as far as the level of service, and you talked about, you kind of do a little bit of everything. Are there core services that you kind of really pride yourself on? Uh, certainly. Uh, our number one, our pride and joy is dog sales and dog training. We do everything from big to small, young and old. It doesn't matter how, dog, how old the dog is, we'll work with it and we'll have it at the level of uh, competency that you hope. Cool. Um, so you're part of the uh, the neighborhood grant this year, uh, and uh, you know receiving the grant. Can you talk a little bit more about what uh, what your plans are uh, for that neighborhood grant? So uh, with the neighborhood grant, we have so much in store for the community uh, through our philanthropic arm, Schutzen in the D. Uh, we're teaching young African-American boys and girls the sport of Schutzen as well as dog training as a whole. Uh, through that program, we're also doing some free dog clinics in five neighborhoods located in northwest Detroit. Uh, the students that we've targeted live in the Northwest Detroit area, but go to River Root School District. Uh, they have an fa- amazing program out there with Derek Coleman, Mr. Alexander, where they have uh, career-based programming for their summer students. Uh, we've selected three or four of those students who we're going to kind of put a st- stipend together. And from there, they're going to do some visitation work with the Humane Society. They're going to shadow trainers, and they're going to have in-class sessions with me. So they're going to come out with their sort of certificate where they're going to be young, licensed dog trainers, which is cool. It's interesting. So I want to talk more about what, something you mentioned, Schutzen. Am I saying it right? Yeah, Schutzen. Yes, sir. Okay. So that's, you know, you mentioned it's kind of a sport of dog training and I haven't really heard of that before. So can you talk about like that, that how you marry the fact that it's a sport, but it's also something practical like training an animal? Exactly. So the sport of Schutzen uh, is, was found in Europe in the 1800s as a way to kind of critique and Uh, I guess analyze your dog. Uh, With that being said, it's comprised of three components, obedience, tracking, and protection work. Uh, In that sport, it's often relegated to affluent communities. Uh, Sometimes dogs, you know, can go for over $10,000, materials, fees, training. It gets up there in cost. And it's often left out of communities like the city of Detroit. There are zero Schutzen clubs in the city of Detroit. The nearest one that I attend and learn from uh, by a gentleman by the name of John Bohennick is in Milan, Michigan. 
Metro Detroit Children's Club. It's an hour away. Uh, I want to provide those services to students and people in the city of Detroit by teaching them the hows, the whys, the ins and outs. It's not a sport where you can just show up with a dog off the street and work. It takes hours of time and training and preparation. Uh, these dogs are like tools, machines. Although you love them, they're man best friend. Uh, these are almost professional athlete level um, uh, performance and, and, and ability. Is this only German Shepherds that can be? Any dog, any breed. You know, really? I've seen Great Danes. I've seen a Beagle do it one time. You know, it's just all about, is this sport suited for the dog? Does it have the capacity to run around an entire field? Does it have the physical makeup to, you know, track for sometimes miles at a time? Is it intelligent enough to perform in a way you want it to be scored? That's, that's interesting. So yeah, we were talking a little bit uh, before this, and uh, obviously, you know, Every dog breed is different. They understand. They comprehend differently. So I would imagine the reason German Shepherds are most associated with this, though, is because their characteristics work the best with us. Exactly. They're really intelligent dogs. They have the capacity to run around. Uh, you see everything from German Shepherds to Malinois. I've seen Rottweilers and Dobermans. I've seen a pit bull do it a few times as well. It's just about, is the dog having a good time? And that's what it boils down to. Are you able to play with your dog? And are you able to have a working relationship with your pet? So you mentioned that uh, it's it, obviously it's first of its kind in the city of Detroit. Yes. Um, so you know, for you bringing this here, obviously you you learned it somewhere and you became interested in it. So can you talk about that journey? How did this become something that you were passionate about and learned about? I don't have a traditional story. Uh, generally, when you hear about dog trainers, these are people who've done it for their career, their entire lives. You know, I went from being an athlete to potentially wanting to be an attorney and practicing to working in the political arena for the city of Detroit. Uh, but one thing remained consistent, and that was my love for dogs. Uh, it took trainers like uh, the Peachers over at Canine Safety Consultants or uh, Mr. Steve Liggins over at Motor City Canine or, again, my mentor, John Bohennick at Motor City uh, Schutzen Club to kind of really show me how important and impactful the sport is. Dog training has taught me to be a better father. A lot of the skills you can apply to a dog, you can apply to your child as well. So you've learned those different attributes, and it's kind of made me hyper-fixated on the sport of Schutzen. It's shown me that this is something that's difficult, and it's something that I want to counter, uh, encounter and kind of, you know, uh, flourish and grow in. You know, I say this jokingly in part of my language. He told me that you suck until you don't. You know, and I'm at that phase where I'm enjoying the journey. I'm enjoying the process. I enjoy being bad at something with a new dog. But the benefits you learn when you see that your dog finally completes a task that you've tried to do for months, and one day it just clicks. I live for that journey, and I enjoy that process. And that's something I didn't have years ago that now I am just fully invested in. And how long have you been doing this now? I've been working with dogs for about 10 years. Uh, Motor City GSD was incorporated in 2018. Very cool. And now, how did you uh, how did you select? Well, first of all, let, let's tell everyone exactly where your location is, and how did you select that location? So we're located at one nine one two zero Grand River, uh, and the Grand River Workplace. Uh, I selected the location because it's where I grew up at. I grew up in Northwest Detroit, and I wanted to be somewhere where I can make a direct impact in the community where I come from. So that was the perfect spot. I know about the Grandma uh, Rosa Development Corporation. They do a lot of good work in the community, whether it be development. Um, renovating homes, programming, surrounding the district. I love the work they do, and I wanted to be a part of that mission. So 
Well, let's talk about what you have coming up in the next, you know, six months or so. Any events, programs, things like that? What are you excited about uh, in the coming months? I am super excited at some of the work we're told. And I kind of mentioned earlier of our free dog training clinics. We're putting on five of them. Uh, we're working with students to teach them dog training, providing them paid internships. Uh, we're looking to get dogs for these students as well. You know what I mean? Oftentimes, they wouldn't have access to quality level dogs that are able to compete. We're starting new trainers in a field that is often uh, diluted with people who are, you know, I can train a dog. Well, we're giving them classroom experience where they're fundamentally, structurally trained on how to do so. Uh, we have new materials coming in. I believe in my grant when I originally wrote it, I said that some of this stuff costs, you know, thousands of dollars. And these kids would have never seen it. You know, a sleeve is $200. An A-frame is three, dollars $4,000. You know, I, I recently had a dog buy a dog pacer treadmill. And when I got it in my cart, it was $800 for a dog treadmill. You know, so a lot of this money is immediately going out to people who need it most and providing them with the materials they need to be successful. That's, that's that's really important. So, you know, the the saying is obviously you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm guessing you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but is there a certain age where dogs just can't learn new concepts? No, sir. A dog, whether you know it or not, is learning through free shaping or if you're teaching it. If you're not enforcing a behavior through training or things of that nature, that dog is learning things on your own. So think about it. I gave an example of your dog sitting on a couch. Uh, even if at, you know, let's say nine, 10 years old, uh, that dog can learn not to do something. But how far and how much time are you willing to invest in that dog to make sure it's adequately trained and informed on how things are going? A dog is looking to learn from you just as much as you're trying to reach it and teach it what you want. The moment you master the ability to communicate effectively with your canine companion is the day you reach a happy medium. So, so could my Shih Tzu ever be a uh, Schutzen? I saw a funny video of a Shih Tzu doing protection work. It's probably not best for it. You know, it's a lot of distance they're covering when they're checking the blinds. I don't know if you've ever seen the videos. They're often on uh, social media where the dog runs around the football field looking for a guy in the blind. He finds the guy and he's barking. Mm -hmm. You know, for a dog that small, that's going to be difficult. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it'll be challenging. On the higher levels of Shih Tzu, they have to jump over walls with dumbbells in their mouth. I don't think a dog that small is going to clear that level of it, but I'm sure things like a BH, which is the entry-level uh, title, is possible with a Shih Tzu. Yeah. Wow. I'd love to see somebody try I want you to come out the club and try it out. <laughs> it's probably not going to be me. My dog, uh, my dog is uh, apprehensive of our two-foot uh, wire fence, so it's, <laughs> it's not going to work for her. Um, you talked about kind of social media, just mentioning it, but I want to talk a little more about how you get your story out and how you share, um, you know, whether that be a website, social media. What are some things you want to plug so people can kind of follow along with you? That was an excellent alley-oop. Thank you, Devin. Uh, you can follow us online at Motor City GSD on all of our social platforms, whether it be Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can go to MotorCityGSD.com. If you want to reach us by phone, you can give us a call at 844-327-9111. Now, when you talk about marketing, you believe it or not, a lot of our uh, sales, a lot of our business comes from word of mouth. We believe in treating each client as an individual, and this is their first dog oftentimes. This is their first bet. I will answer every question you have. I want you to be fully informed, even if you don't get a dog from me. Uh, that level of investment in the client makes us a lot of people's top choice. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Give us a call. We'll help you with any question. Even if we can't, we'll point you in the right direction to somebody who can. 
sounds like the place to go. So thank you so much, Eric, for, for joining me today and for talking about your passions and, and your company. And we're really excited to see what's in store for you. Thank you. With me today is Kayana Sesums, uh, founder of the Hitha Healing House and Garden. Uh, great to have you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here to share about my story. Yeah, and we will we will get right into it and learn about your story. So, um, can you give us the background on this healing house and garden and what kind of inspired you to create this? Yeah, so um, we'll start. We won't take it back to conception of my life, but um, my mom and my dad has had a significant role in just my own personal wellness journey uh, and had really laid down the foundation of me being really consciously aware of my wellness, my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health. Uh, And so I've worked in, in... partnership with community for over 20 years now. Um, And so when you're working closely with community people, um, their health and well-being is something that really does come up um, when you're working directly with people. And it has always been a part of um, my own personal way of integrating and connecting with people by being able to be um, just kind of like someone that can listen someone that can be present for those that may need a listening ear, a listening presence, uh, which led to this um, concept of really understanding that we need more places that can hold space for those that may need more of that support and um, what that can look like in in the city of Detroit. So, Very cool. Um, so uh, how, how, how long have you, you say it's been a lifetime journey or how long have you been kind of ruminating or thinking about this idea of the healing house yeah so i would say over the past five to seven years this this vision really has culminated into knowing and understanding a physical space was needed um always have held space generally in my home or other places um for people that um may need to just cry or scream or just connect or just kind of be heard um, and understanding that I can't always do that in my home. I can't always do that in um, a space. There may not be a space available. Um, And in 2020, it really hit that there was um, more spaces that were needed for those to grieve, really come together and really be heard and recognized through the process of the grief that they were carrying. Um, as well as myself. Uh, in 2020, I lost my father. I also transitioned to my firstborn daughter and understanding the gap as it related to places and spaces that were available for healing and holding space for me were very few. And so that elevated the need for being able to create a, phys- a physical structure and a space to hold for, for all people. It's really, really, it's really helpful, really impactful. And like you mentioned, I mean, the, the past couple of years with 2020 and everything that's happened really post that, there's been a lot of need for places for emotional healing, emotional reflection, you know, grief, things like that. So you alluded to it a little bit, but like take us into this healing house and, and what, what can take place there and what does take place there. 
So what will take place and what has been taking place um, prior to the physical space uh, is just like a virtual space for connecting with people and being able to uh, just build awareness to what health and wellness is. Uh, when I talk about health and wellness for myself, that really just means being able to find a peace and a calm in the midst of all of the things that are going on around us. And so understanding that I can take myself and hold myself accountable for the choices and the things that I am in control of, that helps my well-being. And being able to foster that and help and support others through that, whether they're my teens that I work with um, from Alternatives for Girls, or if they are residents that I work with on a daily basis, being able to foster that space to listen one and to support and help people understand that they have the answers within. It's not me coming with the answers for them. It's about helping them problem solve and see that they can control and mindfully support themselves mm -hmm. in finding that peace that they need to resonate with. So without giving away any of your kind of secrets, so to speak, what are some techniques that you find work really well? Because it's something that everybody can learn. You know, it's something everyone needs to do and needs to think about doing. And there's, you know, opportunities for it in different ways. But what are some techniques that you find are really uh, helpful for that? So there's a couple that are very simple that we think that we know how to do, but we don't. One is just consciously breathing. I think that we... We, I, I will speak for myself, I shallow breathe throughout the day. I'm not deep breathing and really kind of like grounding myself in, 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 in times when I should. And so when I find myself to become, start to feel overwhelmed or like there's a lot going on, I'll ground my feet to the ground and I'll just start to take a deep, deep breath. Um, what that does is it slows everything down around me. It slows my mind down. It allows for that oxygen to terminate the brain. Um, so I'm not feeling as anxious. Simple techniques, even just drinking water. Um, not necessarily filling your body with drinking caffeine or things that are going to stimulate your energy level, but drinking water just to kind of ground and allow yourself to kind of like, okay, I'm settling into myself, taking a minute to to get some hydration, simple things that can really support your wellness, um, that can also allow for you to take a, take a good moment for yourself, you know? Um, and I think a lot of times when we start to talk about health and wellness or well-being, it can sound so far out or far-fetched for some people because they've never had these conversations. But I like to encourage people that just by taking one new approach, whether it's breathing or more water intake for yourself or just you know, walking uh, to, the, to the end of the block. Mm -hmm. um, those all matter because over time, as you continue to do them, they become habits that uh, one of the phrases that we're using is called intergenerational wellness. So they're habits that your um, family are watching. They're going to build into their own personal, um, you know, wellness journey as they see mom, grandma taking better care of themselves mm -hmm. um, so they can adopt those behaviors and and. and Make better choices, hopefully. You mentioned <clears throat> alternatives for girls. Uh, so, tell tell me a little bit more about the the people that you work with and who you know who you interact with most in terms of you know the the different cross sections of people. The girls at Alternatives for Girls that I am working with, um, we hold virtual space with them t twice a month, and it's a space that they can come and talk about some of the needs that they may have, but we also support them through the leadership roles that they're playing within their schools and um, other areas that they have in their life. And so 
Uh, we're excited to integrate some support and wellness practices that they can use at, for, at the house. So the house is going to serve as a wellness space for all ages um, where we can offer free and low cost massage therapy, acupuncture, mental health services, um, currently in conversation for being able to bring in more um, community partners and have a hybrid space to service more uh um, needs that the community can identify with. And so um, the girls are excited about being able to just branch out to learn new ways of being able to identify their own personal self-care journey. Uh, and so that's how the house will serve for not only them, but community as well. Um, and also the garden space, which we're really excited uh, that we'll be developing over time um, as just a, a space to connect with Mother Earth um, and really being able to appreciate outdoors in a way that uh, you may not be appreciating already. Sure. So where, we didn't talk yet about where this house is located or where it's gonna be located at. Yeah, so the house is located off of Cedarhurst between John R. and Woodward. The neighborhood is called Grixdale Farms. Um, and so uh, have wonderful community support um, in which we're really excited to just even just service and, and uh, support the residents that have lived there for so long on their personal wellness journey. As many of us know, we have a lot of seniors across the city of Detroit that have just given their blood, sweat, and tears into their neighborhoods, into their blocks. And so having an opportunity to love on them in ways that they may have never received locally down the street or um, just as serve as a space holder, um, is is just exciting. So, um, yeah. And and why uh, why did you choose that particular area? Did that was the house just the, the right opportunity, or was that intentionally selected in that area? It's a little bit of both. Um, so, the area, the footprint between seven, six, and seven mile, um, plays a significant role in just my own personal wellness journey. I worked with Dr. Lorraine Kifa, who founded the water station off of Woodward between uh, six and seven mile, and she had a vision for a wellness village um, before she passed. Unfortunately, it, it didn't come to fruition, uh, but I definitely see this as a part of her legacy, her seed that was planted, and um, what she was working towards um, as a part of that. And one of the beautiful things, um, I purchased the home at the end of 2019. However, I saw this house in 2018. Um, I was coming from La Dulce Vida, um, one of their infamous, infamous Sunday brunches. Oh, yeah. Um, as many of us, hopefully, if you don't know, you should know. Good, um, good plug for La Dulce Vida brunch. Fantastic. Um, I've been doing it for a long time. So, so the, uh, the house is off of that street. And so I was coming down, heading into John R., and I stopped and looked over to my right and the house was on the right and I got out of my car and I was like, oh my gosh, this house is beautiful. And I remember because I went home, I journaled in my journal and I was like, I found the house that I want to you know, start developing um, on the block, da da da. And so it a year later, the house was available on the Detroit Land Bank. So I was had the opportunity to purchase it. 
Um, and I didn't even remember that I journaled this until I went back and was like rereading my journal. And I was like, oh my God, I wrote about this in my journal a year ago. And so it felt really good just to kind of know that this has kind of all been a part of the plan, even though it may not be as strategic as we think it is, but it is divine timing and plan. So, yeah. Now let's talk about uh, the the future, the near future. What are uh, what are some things that you're excited about that are going to be coming as part of this in the next few months? You know, through the summer. We're looking forward to having an open house for the house in May, um, where people can come through and walk through, learn about the different rooms. Um, we'll be having yoga, meditation, different classes that are taking place throughout the summer, um, and then for the June or. For the summer months, we will host uh, kind of like an outdoor fair, like uh, wellness fair with practitioners and individuals who are kind of in their field and they will be able to share out their story and provide information and resources to those that attend. Well, that's well, that's really that's that's great, and we're looking forward to all that. It sounds there's a lot there's a lot of exciting things coming up, and in the summer, lots to look forward to. Uh, can you uh, talk about how people can follow your journey? Because this sounds like something where this really is kind of a journey that you're on, that you're kind of guiding people through. You're on it yourself. Uh, how can people uh, find out more about the work you're doing and, and follow along? Yes, we would love for you to one go to our Instagram and follow us on social. Uh, you can go to universal underscore health and wellness uh, and follow us on Instagram. Um, you can also go to our website, universalhealthandwellness.org, and you can set up a free 30-minute wellness consultation um, with myself or the other practitioners that are a part of this space. Um, but yeah, definitely connect, and we will look forward to hearing from you soon. Great. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today and talking with us about uh, all the really interesting and impactful things that you have going on. I just want to also thank the Detroit Regional Chamber for allowing me to participate and the Neighborhood Hub 2022 cohort. I'm so excited for this journey. Congratulations to all of the other um, uh, selected participants. And uh, looking forward to this year and meeting all those that come out to the house. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing more about all the cool things that you're doing and talking with you further as you as you go along in this neighbor hub journey this year. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Detroiters Think Big, a podcast by the Detroit Regional Chamber. I'm your host, Devin O'Reilly. For more episodes, go to DetroitChamber.com backslash neighborhub.